Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, the president and CEO of the Chamber. Each week, we'll highlight what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, and develop our workforce. We'll also check in with our community partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across our community. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. Hi everyone, I'm Tracy Myers, Executive Vice President of Member Engagement at the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm excited to share some news with you about our Impact Leadership Conference, which will be held live and in person on October 27th at the Carolina Theater. We are thrilled to bring back one of last year's most popular speakers, L.D. Bennett. She'll be speaking about the importance of psychological stamina for the middle manager. L. Diane Bennett is in her 16th year as principal of Maximize Consulting LLC, a minority woman-owned business providing organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and executive coaching services. She has spent nearly three decades at all levels of government service. LD was an invited participant in the Obama White House Policy and Action Forum, First Lady Michelle Obama's African American Women's Forum, and served as a consultant with Centers for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships at HUD, Justice Education, HHS, DHS, USDA, and Commerce. LD is currently senior faculty at the Center for Creative Leadership right here in Greensboro. At the Chamber, we have been incredibly lucky to have LD as the lead facilitator for our customized curriculum at CCL for Leadership Greensboro. Last year's Impact audience members raved about LD's personality, humor, and expertise. When we decided on the topic of authenticity for this year's conference, we knew we had to have her back. Today, we're going to share with you her presentation from last year's conference. Creativity and innovation, keys to business and individual success. You'll want to grab a pen and take notes. That's how good it is. After this episode, make sure to purchase your tickets for this year's conference at impactgso.com. LD will be joined by other powerhouse leaders like our keynote speaker, Peloton instructor, Tunde Oyenane. Now, here's LD Bennett. Hi, I'm Dr. L. Diane Bennett, and I'm here to have a conversation with you about creativity and innovation and how those things are key to business and individual success. What we're going to talk about today is, is really how do we get beyond normalcy? How do we get beyond conformity and get to the place where we can really lock into a zone where we can use creativity and innovation to advance our businesses and to advance ourselves as individuals? So. Let me tell you a little bit about myself, it's on the screen, but I do need to tell you that I've been in this space, the organizational effectiveness, leadership development space for roughly 35 plus years, not to date myself, but I have been in this space and doing work in this area over various industries and with various levels of clients. And one of the things that I have learned is that creativity and innovation is the difference. 
It is the differentiator between those companies or those organizations or even individuals that are able to go from where they are to where they want to be. One other thing that I want to share with you from my bio is the fact that I have been an executive coach for the past 20 plus years. I thoroughly enjoy my work because I believe that I bring the energy and I bring the creativity and the innovation that people need to move to that next level. So let's think about this. When we think about innovation and we think about creativity, there are some objectives I have before you for this particular session. It's not the regular session. It's not the usual run-of-the-mill session on innovation, why it's important. We're gonna talk a little bit more. We're gonna take a deeper dive into what we're gonna do with our innovation and with our creativity. So we've got some, we've got some, some uh, session objectives that I wanna run through with you. Number one is to understand. Understanding the role and the necessity of creativity and innovation in disruptive change. And I'll talk a little bit more about disruptive change as I go into the presentation. But the number one thing is how do we understand it? How do we wrap our arms around it? How do we wrap our brains around being more creative, being more innovative, and to be disruptive in a positive way? Number two, we want to reignite. Really want to reignite your intellectual curiosity. Being more inquisitive. You know how when we were kids, we always wanted to know why things happened the way they did and why this happened. What's the, the number one question that kids always ask? Why? Why? And that's what I want to reignite in you, your intellectual curiosity, where you're poking and prodding and asking, turning things upside down and saying, why, why not, and why can't I? The other thing I want to do is to really ignite, reignite in you the courage, the courage that you had when you started your business, the courage that you had when you stepped out beyond the norm and said, you know what, I'm going for that job or I'm going to start my own business. Sometimes uh, beneath all of the stuff that we have to deal with is our courage. It's buried deep beneath that. And so I want to reignite that for you so that we can create the positive change that not only are we looking for at our companies and not only are we looking for with ourselves, but we're also looking for within our society. Third, we want to convey. I want to share with you some tips, some strategies on how you can best find your creativity and your innovation. I call it that sweet spot. How do we get to that spot where it's just right? Everything is right. And we are innovating and we are creating beyond anything that we had ever imagined. And lastly, we'll talk about implementation. How can we implement more of the things that we've talked about during our session? We're gonna talk about getting busy, okay? Not that kind of getting busy, but we're gonna talk about getting busy with innovation and with creativity. As we look at this, I, you know that you, you remember this, uh, this scene from Brave, you know? The chick was like all over the place, <laughs> everything, Miss Drama, okay, with a capital D. But something I want to ask you is this, can we trust our instincts? And I'm going to say to you, trust your instincts. All of us as humans, we're born with creativity. That's one of our innate qualities. And when we think about creativity, when we think about innovation, I have some working definitions. Now, I'm channeling my inner teacher, okay? I always wanted to be a teacher. No, okay, no, I couldn't do that. All right, so. Here are some working definitions. Innovation, number one, we're talking about innovation and innovation is the introduction of something new. Notice how something is underlined and it's one word. Creativity is quality or the ability to create and develop something original. So we see the word something in both definitions and it's one word. 
So creativity and innovation are the ability to develop something new and original. Now, based upon my definition, I got the clicker, so I'm, I'm running the show on the definitions, okay? So something is not equal to something. Typically, when we think about innovation or creativity, we think about a thing. I think about my iPhone, I think about my iPad, or you think about your Android, or you think of something. Well, what we're talking about now is not something, but something. Getting to a place where we move our mind, we move ourselves into a new space. That's what we're gonna be talking about. So my number one, I have some anchor definitions. I have two of them. So the first anchor definition is this, creativity and innovation equals problem solving. So when we talk today in this space, we're gonna be talking about innovation and creativity as problem solving. Not a thing, but a process. How do we problem solve? And so one of the things that I love about, about uh, talking about innovation and creativity is that when you think about innovation and when you think about creativity, they really are a polarity. And I, lo I love the, the discussion on polarity. Uh, it's not either or, but they both can exist. Where we have conformity, we're used to conformity. Conformity, is the, uh, conformity and creativity are the two innate qualities that all of us are born with. So you know, so oh, you know what? I'm not creative like Steve Jobs, okay? Tim Cook is not creative like Steve Jobs, but he is yet creative and innovative. You don't have to think about a particular person or a particular thing in order to kind of lock into your creativity. Let's start with this. All of us as human beings are born with two innate qualities. All of us. You have one is on the conformity bias. That's where, you know, we, are, we, we love patterns. We look for structure. We look for systems. Now, why is that so important? Because when man was created, we're out there trying to make fire, making the little outfits out of fur and stuff. We were looking for patterns. Those patterns kept us safe. If I go this far, then a lion might get me, a saber-toothed tiger might get me. So we look for conformity. Even in our lives today, as we'll, we're dealing with a lot of unrest, we're dealing with a lot of confusion, we are looking for conformity. What have we always done? We're looking for norms. And that's what conformity allows us to do. It allows us to establish those norms, but it also allows us to conserve energy. The second part of our innate quality is our creativity. We are all hardwired for creativity. So you say, well, uh, I just don't feel creative. You are creative. Creativity is, the, is that ability to imagine new possibilities. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with one of my nephews, and my nephew is, he's a great kid, he's a good looking kid, yeah, because we're related, but he says to me, Auntie, I just don't know how to fix this. I just don't know how to do this. And I know what he wants, you know what, right? He wants me to pull out my credit card. Not gonna happen, okay. So I say to him, because I'm channeling my mother, now how would you fix this? How would you work on this? And he says, well, I guess I could do this, but then I'll need this. And I said, keep thinking, keep thinking. What I'm trying to get him to do, which he's doing very well, is to be able to think of possibilities. What are some possibilities that we have? We are a higher thinking order being. And because we can imagine those possibilities, we then have the dexterity to make it happen. We can transform ordinary into extraordinary. 
Okay, give you, give you an example. Uh, when I was growing up, I am number two of four kids. So I have an older brother, it's me, and then I have two younger brothers. So I am the only girl out of three boys. So, you know, okay, you know I was a tomboy, right? So, but stunningly attractive and arrestingly charming, just putting that out there. So when we were growing up, you know, we go, we're outside, we're playing, and then we come in, like all kids, we're starving to death. We could fall on the floor and die. And so we say to our mom, hey, mom, we're, we're hungry. Uh, can, we, can we get something to eat? And she says, well, go in there and fix something. We go in there, like all kids, we open the cabinets and go, there's nothing in here to eat. And she said, oh, after we wind a few minutes, then she say, well, I'll do it. My mother would go in and my mother would then in 15 minutes, like most mothers do, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, she'd whip up a feast. And you know the question, where'd, you, where'd the food come from? Because she knew what she was doing. And so as we're thinking of possibilities, as we're imagining these possibilities, we know what to do. I'm simply going to kind of nudge you to keep doing what you're doing. The combination of both of those qualities ensures that we are able to not only survive, but we are able to thrive. We need both of them. We need to have, uh, we need to have conformity and we need to have creativity. So I got a news bulletin there. This is some uh, in the beginning kind of truth that's coming, okay? Brace yourselves. The truth is this, we humans are creativity machines. I'm simply here today to ask you to just dig a little deeper, pull back the surface, don't get stuck in conformity, and lean into your creativity. So let's think about the why. Why do we need creativity? Why do we need it? We could just kind of do what we've always done. You know, you've heard that in, in the office or even with your team. Well, we've always done it this way. Well, why do we need creativity? We need creativity because crisis dismantles our conformity. And we are surrounded by crisis. We have several major crises going on around us, but we even have small crises going on in our homes. We have small crises going on with our children. So when we think about crisis, crisis dismantles our conformity. When crisis hits the stage, there goes our, this is always the way we've done it. There goes our normalcy. That's where we have to fuel our creativity. You got to step into it. Conformity helps us to survive the normalcy, but what we need is we need creativity to, to thrive in crisis. When crisis comes and we have creativity, that's when we jump in and we attack the status quo. We look at problem solving and say, hey, I have some skills here. Hey, let's look at this. Let's do this. We see new when other people see gloom and doom, we see new. So we do need conformity and we do need creativity. We need that polarity in order for us to get to the next level. And I think that it's, it's really common. It's really like all around us, VUCA. There's volatility, there's uncertainty, there's complexity, and then there's ambiguity. We see it every day. I mean, we've been, what, like sheltered in place for like seven months? That's a long time. That's almost the entire year, and we don't see an end to this. What we know is that creativity is getting us through. Innovation is getting us through. Not fear, but innovation and creativity. So there are two lessons that I've taken from the whole pandemic thing. Global pandemic, two things I've learned. Number one, anything is possible, okay? If it could happen, it's gonna happen. Number two, creativity and innovation rule. Just take a look around us. And when we think about how we're getting our food, I love takeout, okay? 
And when my favorite restaurant, you know, would like shut down for a minute, I panicked. I had to cook. News bulletin, I can cook, but I don't like to eat my cooking every day, if you know what I mean. And so what happens in this whole pandemic is that people learned, they grew new talents, they started doing things differently. I'm in the Carolina theater here with nine of my favorite people, and that's it. Because we have adjusted and adapted to the times and we are making progress. We're using our innovation. We're using our creativity. We're having virtual meetings now. We're kind of zoomed out and teamed out and WebExed out, but we're still doing what we need to do. Our kids are going to school on a rotation. They're wearing masks. We're doing social distancing. I came in, I saw the people that I wanted to hug and I couldn't hug them, okay? I had to do the elbow bump. But we are making adjustments. We're making the changes that need to be made in order for us to get to where we want to get to. So I will say this, you know, conventional wisdom says, think out of the box, okay? Everybody says, oh, just think outside of the box. Think out of the box. I'm saying this. Think as if there is no box. Innovation is blowing up, and we need to be on the cutting edge of what's happening. So when we think about innovation and creativity, think about this. So you're in the office, or you're with your team, and the question comes in, hey, uh, what if you're asked to, to problem solve, and then you have to bring in innovation and creativity? We want this to be an innovative and a creative solution. So we're looking for breakthrough thinking. When you get that assignment, what are you thinking? Where would I begin? How would I begin? Are you terrified or energized? That's the question. Are you terrified or are you energized? When it comes to thinking about innovative and creative things, some of us, many times, we are just terrified. We run away. I don't do that. Let somebody else do it. I don't know how to do that. But what I'm saying to you is that when we think about innovation and creativity, the research tells us a few things. Number one, breakthrough thinking is a process, and that process is universal. It happens in very discrete steps. Sometimes it's through clarification. Sometimes it's through ideation. At other times, it is through development and then onto implementation. But what we do know is that breakthrough thinking, that whole process is universal. Each step requires some unique mental skills. We all ask questions. I will talk a little bit about questioning and why questioning is so important. And then we talk about ideating. How do we sit around? We, talk, we call it brainstorming. How do we get things going? How do we push and pull one another into that next space, that next level of innovation and creativity? And what we know is that most of us prefer one aspect of innovative and creative thinking over another. Some of us may say, you know what, I'm really good at questioning. I can ask the right questions. I know the right questions to ask. And others may say, I do better ideating. Going back to the piece on questioning, questioning is so very, very important. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about why questioning is important and how I want you to really tap into your intellectual curiosity. So we've got preferences that show up as our strengths, and then we also have some that show up as potential blind spots, especially when we're doing problem solving. So there's something else that you need to know about the whole innovation and creativity process. 
The great thing about this is that we have the opportunity to leverage each other's differences. I know we talk about cognitive diversity and really tapping into what you do better than I do better or someone else does this better, but I'm comfortable with leveraging not only my style, but leveraging the style of those around me, really tapping into people that I know. I'm in the midst of starting a new project and I'm calling all my friends because I figure my friends will, will, will be able to fill the void in one area that I can't fill. They'll be able to talk about some things or make some recommendations to me that I probably had never thought about. That's what we talk about leveraging other people's style. And to build better and more collaborative teams, we have to be allowed to innovate and to create. Don't put any stops on it. Oh, that's not a good idea. This is not a good idea. All ideas are valid and they're good. The other thing about understanding how people function in a creative and an innovative environment is once we understand how you show up better, how you are more effective in this space, it helps us to short circuit some of this conflict that's coming. Oh, you know, Sally just is in the wrong lane and I was supposed to do that and so-and-so is doing that. No, by understanding and really leveraging each other's style and each other's preferences, we can avoid some of that. It gets us to improve performance and also we can become a creative powerhouse. So we're going to talk about uh, two aspects of creativity and innovation. We're going to talk about it from the business standpoint because many of you viewing, you have your own business or you're an entrepreneur. How do we look at innovation and creativity with our business at a time when, hey, we're just trying to keep the doors open. That's when you need to lean in to your, to your creativity and to your innovation. And so what we, we're gonna talk about is how do we grow and thrive with innovation and creativity in this environment? I love the statement or the quote by Peter Drucker where he says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. I've got some questions I'm gonna ask you about your organizational culture. What are you doing in your organization? How are you setting the stage and setting the table for your people to do their best work? And now in this current environment, many of us are having to do more with less. And so with us having to do more with less, we really do need to be more creative. So put a pin in that particular quote, and there's another one I want to share with you. So Drucker says, culture is strategy for breakfast. But then Rick Lochner comes along and he says, the culture of any organization is shaped by the worst behavior the leader is willing to tolerate. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know this is so true. You know how you go to work and Bill is always tardy, but nobody says anything, but you're two minutes late and they're on you, okay? Like a cheap suit, they're all over you, all right? So what I want you to think about every leader out there, I don't care whether you're leaving, leading a large corporation, a medium-sized business, a small business, or it's just a mom and pop operation. The culture of your organization is shaped by the worst behavior you as the leader is willing to tolerate. Think about that for a second. Hmm, what is the worst behavior I'm willing to tolerate? That calls for kind of a, a check-in. Now, got a couple other questions for you. So, looking at your business, large or small, medium-sized, mom and pop, what is the culture of your business? Can you articulate that? Can you let people know if I'm interested in your company, can you say to me, the culture of my business is this? This is what we hang our hat on. So think about that. What is your business culture? 
And then when you think about that piece, then go one step further and say, how would my team describe the culture? How would my team describe the culture? You know, there are some people, they'll say, yeah, boss, we totally agree with you. Everything's going great. It's peachy keen. While they're looking at you, when you leave, man, this place is going to hell in a handbasket. Behind your back, think about that. What would your team say? How would they describe the culture of your organization? When you think about all of those pieces, you may have to recalibrate. You may need to step back and say, you know what? Let's reassess some things. Let's look at how we're doing business. Why are we doing business? Not just to make money. We're doing business because we're providing a service or we're providing a good that people need. Reassess your team culture. All right. Now, so we're going to talk about how we can use creativity and innovation to be more productive. So when we think about clarity, clarity is where everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Have you ever been on a job or been on a project and someone says, well, I don't need to say anything. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, in a perfect world, yes. But some people were sitting in the same meeting you were sitting in, and they leave going, now, what am I supposed to do? Now, who's doing what? You always, as a leader, need to refresh. You need to constantly, hey, remind people, here's a little note. So-and-so is doing this, and such a, such a person is doing that. So let's look at the business keys to creativity and innovation. Number one, as a business owner, you need to encourage people to think in a, like an innovator or an entrepreneur. You know why I say an entrepreneur? Because an entrepreneur will fight Godzilla with a toothpick, okay? Because they know that this is it. I don't have a fallback plan. There is no other plan. I need to make this work. So you then need to give that, your people that kind of a perspective. Give them that mindset. I want you to think like an innovator. Think like an entrepreneur. Because as things shift, as, as your revenue, that bottom line changes, you're going to have to adjust. The next thing is challenge the status quo. We've always done it this way. Well, is it working? What are our customers saying? Or are our customers leaving, going somewhere else? Why are they leaving? Well, you know, we've been in this city for 30 years. Everybody knows us in Greensboro. You wouldn't, they're not going to let us close, <laughs> right? See me in about six months and see if you're saying the same thing. You always need to challenge the status quo. If you've gone with paper, uh, paper uh, menu for all this time, maybe you need to go to an app, okay? If you've been doing it one way, look at challenging the status quo. They don't want you to encourage intellectual curiosity. I love this point. Encourage intellectual curiosity. Why is that so important? Intellectual curiosity is the questioning, the why not, the what ifs. Now, uh, Warren Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R, -E -E I'm not, I'm, I'm spelling it because I'm a little hungry, so I, I don't want you to think I'm spelling B-U-R-G-E-R. -E uh, so when you think about this, Warren Berger wrote a book, actually he wrote two books, I'll talk about the first one first. So the first book is A More Beautiful Question. And so what Berger, all of his research is grounded in the fact that the more effective leaders for the 21st century and beyond are those that ask more beautiful questions. So his research is based upon this. He looked at all these kids. He looked at like, uh, like 3,000 four-year-olds in Europe. And he, he checked these kids. He was, try, he was following the kids around. And he realized that the boys ask like 3,000 questions a week. You know the question now is asked, why? You can ask why all day long. 
Never mind the girls. He just asked the guys. You know the girls. Well, why are we doing that? Well, can't we do something else? I like pink. I don't like yellow. You know? So when you think about questioning, questioning is important for us. I have people in my life that poke and prod me with questions. One of my very good friends, Sarah King, we work together at the Center for Creative Leadership. She has her own business, Optimum Insights. Uh, she lives in Greensboro, and, and, and she's doing quite a bit of work at Wake Forest, but I love her. What she is, she asks the best questions. And sometimes they're very simple questions. And so we need to encourage as business owners that intellectual curiosity. Allow people to ask you, why are we doing it that way? Have you considered this? Don't get offended. Embrace questions. I want people to ask me questions. So what Berger says is that the most effective leaders ask the right questions, the more beautiful questions. Well, you know what happens when you ask people questions. You know, if you don't want to talk about yourself, then you ask me, well, tell me about yourself. Then they just go on and on. Well, tell me about your kids. Really? Get out of here. And so we keep asking questions. As we ask questions, more information is revealed to us. And so as leaders to get to that curiosity, to get to that intellectual curiosity that takes us a little bit deeper into that creativity and innovation, you got to have questions. You got to encourage people to ask questions and find somebody on your team, find somebody in your space that will poke you. I have people, they, they like poking me, I guess. Everybody's poking me. I got stuff, they're like shooting holes in. I'm like, you know what? I didn't ask for that. Okay, but thank you for sharing. Okay, go with God. I, I need people to ask me questions, but at some point I'm like, okay, enough already. Can we kind of move along? Embrace the questioning. Embrace the intellectual curiosity. Then pose a challenge to your team and define the expectations, but not the outcome. Not the outcome. Say to them, guys, this is what we have. We're losing revenue on X, Y, and Z uh, project, product. And I need you guys to come up with a solution for me and then walk away from it. If there's a timeline, give it to them, but allow them to poke, to prod, to turn things upside down, put some lemon juice on it, hold it up to the light. Allow your team to do that because when you give people a challenge, they're ready to just lean into that challenge. But if you think, oh, we've done it, we've always done it this way, they'll sit there like this. Is it Friday yet? Isn't this our pay week? No, you want to utilize the talent that you have hired. If you have hired quality people, use them. The next thing I want you to think about is how can I provide some guidelines? How can I provide the space? And that space is not always physical space. Sometimes it's allowing people the headspace to really think about it and to really put the time in to really be creative. I, I, I said to Ainsley this morning, I, I texted her and I said, oh, I forgot to tell you, I am pressure prompted, okay? I do my best work at the last minute. I'm sliding in by the skin of my hips, but it's my best work. And so you have to understand, are there people on my team I need to give more space to? Are there people on my team that I need to give just a little bit more encouragement to? Making space and then ensure psychological safety. You hear a lot about psychological safety, but psychological safety is critical in, as we're looking at innovation and we're looking at creativity, especially in an, in an office or a business or a team perspective. In, within that space, people have to feel comfortable that the team, everybody I'm working with, that it is safe for me to take interpersonal risks. Doesn't mean that I'm doing crazy stuff, but I need to step out there and take a risk and not feel like people are not going to have my back. They're going to think that I'm not a team player if I come 
off the wall with something that no one has ever heard before. I want them to embrace me. So psychological safety is critically important. The other thing is to cross pollinate. I'm, you know, I, have, I, I moved from a townhouse, so I'm now in a single family detached home. First time ever, I've only owned townhomes. And so now, you know, I'm in a neighborhood where people are like doing the whole yard thing. I can't be the only one with a jacked up yard. You know what I'm saying? So what I have done, I got some stuff going in my yard. I had a landscaper to come over. It's looking really cool, right? But one of the things that I learned is I learned when I'm doing my flowers, I have to think about one of my neighbors does some cross pollinating. He'll take, some, take seeds from one plant and seeds from another plant, put it together. A beautiful flower. So cross-pollinating is good in business. You don't, if you're in healthcare, you don't always need to look at journals and stuff in healthcare. Look at something in a different field altogether. When you're looking at different things, different industries, they may be doing something over here that you never thought about. Bring it in, massage it, manipulate it so that it works for you. I will give you a resource that I totally love, and it's a free resource. That resource is fastcompany.com, F-A-S-T, company.com. There's a newsletter you can sign up for, and you can get newsletters and, and talk about, you know, you can look at a list of various industries, manufacturing, transportation, telecommunications, whatever it is. And what I do is I will look at all of those. I have several that, that I get every day, and I read those because some of the things that are going on, for perhaps in transportation, I've never thought about that I can bring in and help some of my clients. The last thing is courage. You cannot have creativity and innovation without courage. You got to try something new. You got to get out there, try it, talk to someone else, find out, hey, is, how do you think this is going to work? But you got to bring your courage. You cannot leave your courage at home. You did this when you started your business. You started a business. Everybody else thought you were kind of crazy. I'm leaving my job and I'm starting my own business. Use that same courage. Tap into courage. There are a couple other things I want to bring to your attention. And one is on Cognitive diversity. I know, and I'm not going to talk about diversity, diversity. This is on cognitive diversity, meaning that I have the right people at the table. I have the right people looking at my situation. Now, so as I talk about cognitive diversity, that simply means I've got different perspectives at the table. I personally believe if you believe and if you generate a space for cognitive diversity, you will have diversity from race, ethnicity, gender, uh, religious affiliation, all of that. You'll have it because all of us have different perspectives. So when we think about cognitive diversity, we're thinking about how do you problem solve? What is your life perspective? What about your academic training? What about your career experience? All of us in this room, with nine, remember nine of my closest friends, we all come from very different places. We come from different experiences. When we get together to try and tackle a problem, all of us are bringing our full selves to that. And that's what cognitive diversity allows you to do. It allows you to change the rules because you have different people at the table saying, hey, have you tried this? Sometimes you're dealing with a person that has a total, total employment history than you have. And they bring something to the table that you never thought about. And that's why we have to open it up so that people have the, the headspace, they have the psychological safety so that they can really do the cognitive diversity piece. So I really think that's a winning formula for any company or any individual. So now, that's a lot for businesses, but I got something to recap for you. But before I go there, I wanna deal with individuals. This is my anchor definition number two. Remember, I'm channeling my inner teacher, okay? So when we think about 
our anchor definition number two, this deals with an idea. Where does an idea come from? An idea is an imagination's way of responding to a gap, some kind of gap, a gap that, that doesn't have an answer to a problem or a question or a problem that does not have a solution. That's where an idea comes in. You got this idea, we don't have a solution and we're trying to fill that gap and that's where our ideas come in. And creativity and innovation help us to bridge those gaps between the idea and the solution or the problem and the solution or the question and the answer. That's why it's so critically important for us. And as we think about our creativity and we think about it from an individual standpoint, I would like to, for us to really kind of hone in and really zero in on our ability to ideate. Now, what does ideate mean? Ideate means I am tossing around different solutions, possible solutions. I'm looking at different ways to, re to respond to this problem, different solutions for this issue. That's where ideating comes in. You know, we use it a lot. We call it brainstorming, and we talk about, you know, let's, you know, let's blue sky it, all of those things. As individuals, it is important for us to be able to ideate because our ideating allows us to be more creative and more productive. So when we think about the individual keys, remember we talked about the business keys. Now let's talk about the individual keys. The individual keys to innovation and creation start with this, finding your creative prompts. Wow, LD, what does that mean? Where are you most creative? When are you most creative? Now, for me, I'll tell you what mine are. When I get rest, restorative sleep, you know, not the kind of catnap that you do on the sofa and you look like the guys from A Night at the Roxy. When you're doing this, like you're nodding and you're just like, okay, fine. But no, when I'm in bed and I get restorative sleep, I am re that's a sweet spot for me. Another sweet spot for me is I need variety. As I'm working on something, I need to get up and move around. I need to get physical. I'll get up, I might, I might exercise. I'm a huge video game person, okay? Video games, I love. My new video game is the Oculus Quest, so I'm really into virtual reality games. And so I'm into that, and I get into my games, and when, when I have the headset on and I'm doing my thing, my mind just goes. Another prompt for me is a walk. Another prompt for me is just being outside, and, and just fresh air is a prompt for me. Another prompt for me, this is a guilty pleasure. I love Hogan's Heroes. I, I DVR that stuff. I watch it all the time. My brother's like, why are you watching that? You've seen every episode. I know nothing. I know nothing, okay? I love, that's a prompt for me. When I, when I can laugh, as you can see, when I can laugh, it, re it just releases endorphins for me and my mind might just, just firing on all cylinders. So I need to get myself into a space where I can be happy and I can laugh. And I don't watch a lot of news because I want to be happy and I want to laugh. The other thing is I embrace restorative sleep. So my doctor says to me, so I go to the doctor, uh, between May of 2004 and June of 2005, uh, both of my parents passed and a brother. And so my dad passed May of 2004, eight months later my brother passed, and then five months, my mother passed, and then five months later my brother passed. And so during all this time, I became their uh, primary caregiver. I was the one that took them to the doctor and all this stuff. And so when I started looking at how I wanted my life to go, I was like, you know what, I, I was in federal service and I was, had a great career, I was doing very, very well. And uh, I got a bronze medal for my work and I'm just doing really cool. And, and I was looking for a place to buy in Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, my parents never called me at work. And so I'm in the staff meeting and my mother called and she said, uh, can I talk to you? And so I said to my boss, he said, oh no, no, go out and talk to her. So I go out and I talk to my mother 
And I come back. And so uh, after the meeting, I say to him, um, I need to go home. And he said, yeah, 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 go. And I said, no, I need to leave. I need to go home. Uh, both of my parents are, are, their health is failing. I need to, I'm the only girl. I need to go home. This is what I need to do. And sometimes as individuals, we're looking at certain things. We got goals in mind, but then life happens. And so what I had to do was be creative. I knew that I was going home, coming back to Charlotte to take care of my parents and my brother. That was what I wanted to do. I wasn't forced to do that. I wanted to do that. It was a conscious decision. But then when I left, I was like, uh, I need to figure something out to do. I always wanted to own my own business, but I had had a plan. You know how you have those plans, you know? God has a sense of humor. Your plan, he laughs at our plans, right? So I had these plans and I was gonna start my business like two years out. Well, as a result of my parents and my brother being sick, I started my business early. And so I started it so I would have the flexibility to go in and out and to do whatever I needed to do for them. I, I, I feel like it made me a better person. I did that, but then I had to really lean into my creativity and my innovation. I went from, as they say, cake to cornbread. I, I, you know, I, I had a great life, I, I had a great salary, then all of a sudden I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And I had had great networks in federal service, but there you had to wait six months before you could even start tapping into those resources because I was in charge of a lot of contracts, a lot of areas. So I had to wait. In the meantime, I'm having to make a business work while taking care of sick people. I had to lean into my innovation and my creativity. Then I said, well, okay, there's some stuff I can do. I have a, I have a master's in planning from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, people. Go Heels. I don't want any problems from you Duke people out there, you know. My attitude is if you can't get in Carolina, you got to go somewhere. That was a public service announcement, okay. So what I did was I said, let me lean into my contacts at the state level. I used to work at state, in state government. I leaned into those and I started doing that kind of work. But I was like Odie. You remember Odie on Garfield? He just salivated over everything. <laughs> That's how I felt when I started my business. I was like doing everything. Someone said, hey, LD, can you do it? Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. And then a friend of mine called me and we were talking and she said, hey, so are you doing what you want? I was like, not really. And she said, why not? And I started listing all the reasons why I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And she said something to me that I will always remember. She said, why are you talking yourself out of your blessing? Just do it. You're smart, you're innovative, do it. And from then on, I was full steam ahead. I just decided those things that I didn't wanna do, I said no to, regardless of how much it paid, I said no to it. And I finally, after 18 years, I've been in business now 18 years, and I tell you, it has not always been great, but it is the right thing. And had it not been for me embracing my creativity, embracing my innovation, I would not be here today. After 18 years, it's great after 18 years. But what I looked at, I looked at my life and I realized that I needed to do something different. I could not conform. I had to do something different. For those of you out there, you're thinking about, oh, I'm thinking about starting a business or I'm in business, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I want you to lean into your intellectual curiosity. And then what I want you to do is I really want you to fail fast. If you're gonna make a mistake, doggone it, fall, stumble, you know, brush yourself off, get up and go. I do a lot of work with the uh, Betsy Magnus uh, Leadership Institute with Women in Cable through the Center for Creative Leadership. And one of the things that the women said uh, many years ago, I've been with the Center for Creative Leadership for nine years. And one of the things that, that they said in that program, which I really love, it said, look, fail fast. 
And their, their slogan is this, we are doing cable, not cancer, okay? So when you think about what you're doing in context, think about it in context. I made a mistake, boom, nobody died. I made a mistake, I'm up, brushing myself off and I'm headed back out. Don't allow failure to cause you to quit. Don't allow a mistake to cause you to, you know, scurry off in a corner somewhere. Get yourself together, regroup, and get back out there. And cross-pollination is another, is another thing I've talked about with the business group, and I'll say this to you as well. You know, when you think about fresh ideas and you think about different perspectives, fresh perspectives, you can find them everywhere. Sometimes I'm walking through my house and, and I may have a television, I will watch TV with the sound off because sometimes I just need, you know, you just need that flicker. But when I'm walking through my house and I am always, I believe my spirit is always open to whatever. I can be talking to someone, I can be ear hustling. My nephew says, you don't eavesdrop anymore, you ear hustle. So I can be standing in the line and ear hustling, listening to somebody else's conversation and I get something from that. Not necessarily who shot John or who left their husband, who's cheating on their wife, but I, under, I get something from that. So one of the things that you'll have to do is you will have to really learn how to cross-pollinate and to be able to get something from everybody that you're working with. When I said lean into your curiosity, I want you to also lean into your courage because it takes courage to be creative. You cannot be creative being scurred. <laughs> you know, some people can't say the S-E-R words. You cannot be creative being afraid of what might happen, being afraid of who may not like it, who may not like you. I, I read, I, you know, I'm at that age now where I, I get AARP, you know, I love the magazine. And so uh, there's a newsletter that comes out too. And I love something that Tina Fey said. She said when she started out in her career, she was very self-conscious about whether people would like her work or not, or whether people would be able to, to really embrace her. And she said something that I have taken on as my personal mantra. She said, her father said to her, you go do your thing, you go be you. They like you, they like you, they don't, they don't. But a lot of people are gonna like you. And we know how successful Tina Fey is today. And I will say to you, do your thing, find your niche, and do it. Go do it. Put, put on your Viking helmet, your chest protector, and go for it. Don't hold back. Don't hide behind, oh, this is the way we've always done it. Don't hide behind that. No hiding here. There's no crying in baseball. There's no hiding. There's no hiding in, in creativity. Don't hide. Don't just, oh, we've always done it this way. Well, you know, Sally usually does that, so I really didn't want to do it. You see on the, on the screen the, the picture of the woman hiding behind the desk. We're not doing that. Don't hide behind your label. Don't hide behind your title. I'm an engineer. I don't do creativity. I don't do people. I don't like people. I'm an engineer. I don't do creative. I don't do breakthrough thinking because I'm this or because I'm that. No one has ever asked me. I'm HR. I just want to make sure you guys are playing nice. I don't do creativity. I don't do breakthrough thinking. We all do breakthrough thinking. You do it every week. When it comes to, when it comes to paying bills, we do breakthrough thinking. I can't pay all these this week. I'll pay this one this week and this one next week. Breakthrough thinking, looking at new possibilities, understanding that there are other solutions. There are other answers answers to this question. It's like multiple choice, you know? Yeah, all of the above, A and B, C and D. Look for other answers. And when we think about that, I've got some thought starters for you. 
as you're as you're viewing this and as you're talking and thinking, kind of rolling some things around in your head, I want you to answer these questions. I want you to think about it, and then I'm going to be on the chat, okay? So I told you I am a single black woman over 50, so y'all need to chat, you know? I need that connection, all right? So was that a plug or what? So the first question, the first thing I want you to think about is this. Complete this sentence. I am most creative when I am blank. I'm most creative when I am blank. That's thought starter number one. When are you most creative? The second one is the last time I was innovative was, hmm, let me think. When was the last time I was innovative? That's a thought. Think about it. When was the last time that you were innovative? When was the last time that you stepped out of what was expected? You stepped away from the pattern, the, the structure, and said, let's try this. And the last one is this. My biggest obstacles to innovation and creativity are blank. What's stopping you? What's holding you? I, I, there, you know, a few years ago, there was, a, there was a, a, a social media post that it was like, it was viral. It was like everywhere. And it says, and the guy was screaming. I think it was uh, Shia LaBeouf. He's screaming. You're tired of starting over? Stop quitting. If you're tired of starting over, stop quitting. If you're tired of the same old thing, try something new. Try a different way. I believe that when people expect me to zig, that's when I'm going to zag. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I just know what LD's going to do. Oh, I've seen her before. I've been in one of her sessions before. I know. No, you don't. Because sometimes I don't even know. Okay? So thinking about your biggest obstacles to innovation and creativity, what are they? Bell that cat. Name it. And when you name it, then address it and move on. Don't allow the obstacle to kind of, oh, you're cowering behind the obstacle. Well, you know, the last time I tried something... It didn't quite work, so I'm not going to try. Get out there and try it. What is the worst that can happen? Okay? Now, let's go to some takeaways. I am so excited. I'm so excited about the possibilities. So here are a couple of takeaways, and these are some tips just for you to, you know, kind of work with your people. Nudge people. Don't nag them. If you're working on a team, you're a boss, you're a leader, nudge your people. Just kind of give them a little nudge. Hey, you know what? I'd really like to hear your thoughts on this. Don't nag. Nobody likes to be nagged. Identify your creativity expectations. Let them know, hey guys, here's our problem and this is really what I expect. And don't just get locked into an outcome. Provide some clarity. Folks need to know where they stand. Who's doing what? What are our responsibilities? What is the expectation around these roles and responsibilities? And then finally, I want you to be able to inspire and empower individuals and teams to do their most creative thinking. How do we empower? We, we, we give you space. We give you permission to be your best. That's what we want. And for you individuals, I want you to give yourself permission to be your best. Give yourself permission to do something wackadoodle, something that's never, ever been done before. I'm going to try this. Hey, speaking of which, when you think about this and when you think about this whole piece and you go back and you look and you meet me on chat, okay, you meet me on chat, I want you to talk about this. There's three things, three things uh, that, you will, that you found useful in what I talked about today. Three things. And then two things that you'll apply. I'm going to be more creative. I'm going to be more courageous. I'm going to find my sweet spot when it comes to how I get into my creative zone. I'm going to lean into that. 
And you know what? When you do that, you will be so excited. You will be so happy. You're like, oh my gosh, this stuff really works. And then one thing that you will do differently. One thing you'll do differently. That could be something as simple as I will get up earlier every morning. You know, when you dread getting up, I love, I love early mornings. I do my best work early, early in the morning, three, four o'clock in the morning. That's probably why I have no friends. But anyway, I, I get up very early in the morning and I'm working because that is when my mind is the most refreshed. It is the most explosive. What is one thing you'll do differently? As a leader, one thing I'd like for you to do is to check your team culture. What is my organizational culture? What's the worst behavior I'm tolerating? What message am I sending to my people? Am I sending the right message? Am I letting them know that, hey, I have confidence in you. I trust you. I believe in you. Not I'm, I'm leading from a, a place of fear. As an individual, I do not operate in fear. I don't care what it looks like. I do not operate in fear. I may not know what's coming, but I never, ever operate in fear. I operate in faith. I believe that this is going to happen for me. I believe that. this, And so I start moving in that direction. Fear will call us to re cause us to recoil. Fear will cause us to be fearful of everything, every bush that shakes. Oh my gosh, what is that? Oh, am I going to lose my job? Oh, are they going to reorg? Oh, am I going to have a place to work? And you know, I have always said this, and I've said this, I said this even before the pandemic. If everybody in this room, everybody watching me, loses their job tomorrow, you will be fine. Hope it doesn't happen, but you will be fine. You might do whatever it takes for, you know, to kind of, you know, to deal with that, the, the jolting, the jolting information, this announcement. I tell you what I do. I go to bed with a baseball cap on. I just need something to hug my head. I got a girlfriend. She goes to bed with a mink coat on. I don't care if it's 90 degrees. She puts on her mink coat and she gets up in the bed. She feels better when she gets up. She feels like that is, that is her security place. Whatever happens tomorrow, and tomorrow could be the next day, or tomorrow could be next month, or tomorrow could be next year. Whatever happens, your business will be fine. You will be fine. Your family will be fine. And sometimes I think we really do need to put things into perspective. When we look at our life and we look at what's going on around us, that creativity says to us, you know what? A staycation is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I'm in the backyard roasting marshmallows with my neighbors. They got a really decked out backyard. I took my stick over there and got some marshmallows. I'm being creative. I don't have that in my backyard, but you need to lean into your creativity and lean into your courage. I hope that this has been uh, great for you. I've had a good time, as you can tell. I really enjoy this. Join me on the chat October 22nd at 2.50. You can check the conference schedule for, for all the details, but I want you to do that. You know, just kind of hit a sister up, right? Now, the other thing I want to make, this is, a, this is a shameless plug. I'll put this in. It's a shameless plug. I am kicking off a new podcast called Common Sense Leadership, and it launches uh, October 30 at 10 a.m. And you can go to our website, commonsenseleadership.org. And I will say this to you, that that website, that, um, that podcast is my something new. That is my innovation. That is my creativity. I'd been noodling on it for a while. And then finally, a friend called me and said, let's do this. And I got a sponsor and boom, we're doing this. And so I want you to know that we're all created to create. Lean into it. Don't act like you need to be Steve Jobs. Just be you because that's more than enough. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I am so, so excited about working with the Chamber of Commerce. I've been working with them through the Leadership Greensboro program and Nikita Green. And I tell you, I am just 
in love with the Greensboro Chamber. My folks down in Charlotte, they're kind of looking at me side-eyed, but that's okay because I can always go to Greensboro. Thank you guys for participating and please stay safe and stay well. Wasn't that inspiring? Hear more from LD on October 27th at our Impact Leadership Conference. Get tickets and information at impactgso.com. And if you're a graduate of one of our leadership programs, your ticket price is discounted. Email us at leadership at greensboro.org for more info. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time. Thank you.